0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Vikings and 49ers are set for joint practice this week at TCO. Which players and matchups are we most excited to watch take place before their preseason matchup? It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk.
1: 11 sports anchor reggie wilson covers the twin city sports scene non-stop luke inman is ready to put him on the hot seat what road. you gonna do to me instant analysis yanked out you go Post game breakdowns and red hot takes the timberwolves need a stick reggie and luke give you a daily dose of minnesota sports with superior sports
0: talk part of locked on sports minnesota and it starts now we're back in the lab. Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. That's Kara Levin's very own Reggie Wilson with me, so life is good. Happy Tuesday, Reg. Big show lined up breaking down the Vikes and 49ers joint practice this week.
1: Yeah, we got some visitors in town. Be on your best behavior, okay, Luke?
0: Buddy system. I'm going to need you, Reds, this week. <laughs> Things could get wild. Hey, remember to follow along on the Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button there and on Twitter. Give us a follow, at LockdownMIN. And remember, we're a podcast, too, free and available on all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, take us everywhere on the go so you never miss any of the action. To football we go. 22 days, week one of the NFL season kicks off. Vikes are back at practice today in a rare private session that will not be open to the public. And then Wednesday and Thursday, the 49ers are in town when the two teams will have joint practices together before playing in their second preseason game Saturday at home at the bank reggie these joint practices are always so fun if i were to go to just one training camp day as a fan i would pick joint practice 10 out of 10 times it's like a buy one get one coupon it's a chance to see two professional teams on the field at the same time and finally see these guys go against some new competition, some fresh blood, get a great measuring stick of where everyone's at as far as an install and like progression standpoint. And that's just as a fan, but even more so for the coaches, it's like gold as an evaluator for them to say, okay, I've seen Cam Danceler have a really nice camp and hold his own versus J.J. and Thielen. But now let's see him and what he does versus another skill set, another bag of tools, and a new play style. Guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk coming into town. You just can't put a price on those reps as an evaluator. It's just awesome. So which players are you most excited to see, both on the 49ers and the Vikings matching up against some of those guys when they come into town these next two days?
1: Well, obviously – it starts at quarterback. You know, you're excited mm-hmm. to see Trey Lance. You're like, OK, all right, you've been knighted. You know, you've mm-hmm. got it. You're the guy <laughs> now. Like, go ahead and, and let's see what you can do against this this Vikings defense. I think it'll be a good test for them, you know, going against those uh, two first teams, going against each other, just seeing, like, what they can do to match up and, and really cause Trey Lance to have some troubles. You know, when when guys like Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith are coming after him like how's he going to respond to that you know and and there's there's a lot to to draw from that um on the other side you know you you look at guys like Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen like okay what are they going to do uh coming back uh, against this this 49ers team you know uh neither of those two guys played in the preseason opener and you're not really all that worried or concerned about them not getting the game rep in there. But, you know, now they get some competition other than the guys that they've been going against all camp. And now you want to see what they can do to show and prove, you know, that they're ready for the season. And also, you know, uh, if Kirk Cousins is coming back, you know, from this COVID list, like, how's he going to look? Is he going to be ready to go? Or is it going to be Mannion and Mond uh, taking most of the, the reps because Cousins is still trying to, you know, recover and work his way back? From COVID, so you're, you're looking at that. I think it's just going to be really fun. You know, you look at a guy who's who's really sassy, a guy like Andrew Booth Jr. And you know, he's really kind of mixed it up. Got some penalties in that game uh, against the Raiders. I almost said against Oakland <laughs> against the Raiders. <laughs> and uh, and you're like, okay, like like he's a fiery dude, and you just want to see like how he's going to match up against other competition to see what he can show and prove. Because, you know, he's 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 one of those feisty dudes. And, and he kind of gets a little too physical. I think he's still kind of learning about the NFL and what he can and can't do. And, you know, we we expect him to be uber talented and really contribute to this team. But he's got to rein it in a little bit and really focus on technique as well.
0: Yeah, a lot of great callouts, a lot of great matchups to uh, kind of circle up on the roster there. I want to see the 49ers' best talent period. We've talked Mm -hmm. a lot about the trenches, this camp, NOTAs, all offseason, and some of the best talent on the Niners just happens to land in those trenches. Nick Bosa, Mm -hmm. Trent Williams, even Eric Armstead, top 15 pick a couple years ago. Let's watch Brian O'Neill and Christian Derrissaw take reps versus one of Mm -hmm. the most elite pass rushers in the league, and let's see if the rumors are true when we get to watch Derrissaw and Trent Williams on the same field, and just how many comparisons we can make between the two. Speak Speaking of Trent, maybe the best tackle in football, by the way. We talked about that when we looked over those ESPN top 10 rankings in the offseason. How many reps can Hunter and Zedarius win versus him and Mike McGlinchey, another great tackle in the league? Iron sharpens iron. We say it all the time. In these trenches – will be battling all day in practice Wednesday and Thursday. I mentioned Cam Dansler versus Debo and Ayuk. Same could be said, as you mentioned, Andrew Booth Jr. I'm really excited to watch him. Again, a lot of these rookies just so valuable to get some playing time and practice rep versus different competition. How many plays can he make? And more so, how much can he learn finally after OTAs and camp versus, you know, the same five, six, seven wide receivers over and over again? How much can he learn and absorb about the different skill sets and just play types he'll Face in the NFL at wide receiver week after week. Those are the big ones that stand out. And then you mentioned this guy. I got to mention him too, Trey Lance, who's finally taken over in Mike Shanahan's offense. I'm excited to see what he does in practice, running around, making plays, really testing the defensive communication, I think, early and often. And this Mm -hmm. is a new defense, Ed Donatel. So that's going to be a great test just to see where, you know, if everybody knows their keys, where they're supposed to be lined up. And then when the play breaks down and Trey Lance rolls out and tries as it creates that outside the pocket, where their communications at at this point in the off season, just a win win though for everybody. Being able to sharpen your skills against new competition before Saturday's game and eventually cut down days. Speaking of cut down days, Doomsday as they call it, NFL is mm. going to be forced to trim their roster by five, from ninety to eighty five by day's end here today. From what you've seen, what you know about depth at each given position, give us a few players that you think have the most to prove. They really got to prove something here. These final practice days and the game and Saturday versus the Niners that could end up finding a way to hang on and land a spot as we get into some of these, you know, tough bubble guys.
1: I think what we've really seen is the depth that they have at running back. Mm-hmm. And what's tough is is if they go ahead and keep a lot of those guys like you know that we saw like Kanae and and Ty Chandler and you know, you expect them to keep those guys because they drafted those guys. But what's interesting is is like okay, when you have a little bit more depth at some of those uh positions and and you look at the the wide receivers, you know, and you, you look at guys that, you know, are are hoping to to make an impact, like they're deep, man. You got Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, Smith Marset, BC Johnson. And now you're you're talking about guys who want to, you know, make the roster like Albert Wilson had a couple touchdowns on Sunday. That bodes well for him. Tristan Jackson, uh, Myron Mitchell, Blake Pro. Um I hate to say it, you know, on this on this line. This guy had had meaningful uh snaps and reps last year, but uh Ali Udo, like Mm-hmm. I saw him yeah. in that game, and and he was he was getting pushed around. He was getting bullied a little bit, and so mm. you know he's got to show and prove that he has a spot on that line. You know, I was looking at some preliminary like depth charts, preliminary like fifty three man rosters, and it's so funny looking at um, right tackle Brian O'Neill obviously entrenched there, but as far as like a backup for him, there's there's no one. Potentially there, there could be a backup behind all the other guys, but maybe you have the the guy who's backing up Dariusaw. Maybe he's like a swing guy for both tackle spots, mm-hmm. and so now you're looking at a guy like Udo Udo, who's just like, okay, like we gotta we gotta get some things going here. Um, you know, guys like Wyatt Davis, guys like uh, Ben Ellison. You know, the the tight end position is kind of up for the taking, especially with Irv Smith gonna be out to potentially week one. You know, there are a lot of guys all over the field who who um need to kind of show and prove what they can do. And I didn't even mention anything on, on defense yet. You know, you got Chas right. Surratt, you got Blake Lynch, like you got uh Luigi Villain, Chris Boyd, like th- those guys are are trying to fight for for spots on this roster and and they have something to prove and they can they can do themselves a world of good by how they practice this week in those joint practices and then turn that into game day play on the field on saturday
0: Ole udo project coming out of elon i think is a six-round pick a few years ago massive size pretty quick mm-hmm. seems like they're still trying to figure out what position he can excel at and just sit in one spot here for a few years and just learn and grow and develop and i think they figured it out after last year putting him in at guard in a pinch I think he led the league, or was at least top three, top five in the league in most penalties. That he is a tackle, and maybe having a backup swing tackle at right tackle or left tackle, being that guy like a Rashad Hill, the Vikings had for the handful of years before him, would be a huge service to have behind those starters in Darius and O'Neal. You mentioned Albert Wilson scored two touchdowns. This guy scored the only two touchdowns on the Vikings might not make the team. It's just crazy to think. Once they trim this thing down to 90-53, to it's just wild. And then those other two guys, two third-round picks from last year. You mentioned one of them. Chas Surratt, the linebacker, and Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. Remington Award winner in the Big Ten. Hmm. That's the Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year voted by coaches. And just both those guys having a tough time. They got these next few days here. Uh, I'm not going to say they're going to get cut in this first way, but they have to showcase why they were drafted in the third round, if nothing else. They don't need to put it all together, but just showcase the skill set, why they were drafted in the third round, and why they were picked in the top 100 picks of last year's draft. And then, you know, top of my head, just to name a few other ones, you look at a lot of those UDFAs, those are a lot of the first and foremost positions that end up getting kind of sniped, snipped pretty quickly. You got to look at the snap count from Sunday. It's a huge indicator inside inside the coach's head. And if you're already a young guy buried on the depth, and you aren't getting a lot of playing time. Things aren't looking great. Backup tight ends Nick Mews and Sean Beyer played just three snaps each on Sunday. Mm. It's not a great sign if you're a bubble guy trying to make the team but if you can have a strong performance these next few days against the Niners new competition there's certainly opportunities for both of them knowing Irv's still out for the next few weeks at least and the guys ahead of them really haven't done a ton to separate themselves from the pack so I'll be watching that tight end position closely these next few days as well. Day off yesterday practice resumes today that will be be closed to the public and then they end camp with a bang two joint practices Wednesday and Thursday before suiting up for game two of the preseason and the first game at the bank Saturday evening kickoff 6 p.m central standard time who are you most excited about when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers coming into town for these joint practices go comment on the YouTube channel let us know what you think 22 days until week one of the NFL season rest assured Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way every day which you can now find by the way streaming on your roku device so be sure to look out for locked on sports minnesota app there as well pretty cool reggie we made it man we're on roku
1: let's do it i love it we did it i love that we for did us. It.
0: mama we made it all right to baseball <laughs> we go and go figure just as we start digging the grave right in the eulogy we're about to call it quits on the twins 2022 season everyone's had enough Reggie, they show a sliver, just a glimmer of hope, a sliver of life. Winning versus the Royals last night, four to two. Max Kepler finally busted out of that over twenty-five slump. He goes three for four with an RBI. Joe Ryan, five and a third, allows just two earned runs. But maybe most impressive, the bullpen with a combo of Thielbar, Jax, Duran, Lopez. No runs the rest of the way. Reg, they went 3-for-10 with runners in scoring position. They left 9 on base, but they find a way to win versus, let's face it, it's a pretty bad room. They've got their next 13 of 18 at home, though. Quick thoughts about last night's game, and what do they need to do to get hot during this pivotal stretch coming up?
1: Man, they needed that last night, man. Like- yeah, they did they needed it in the worst way. And I think what the hope is, is that, you know, it could provide a spark. You know, Correa's been heating up lately. He's like, look, the playoffs are are on the horizon. That's when it's my time to shine. Let's go. Like, you could tell last night, like, their intensity. Yeah, it's against the Royals, but, like, each of these games count, especially when you look at a schedule that includes, over the next two weeks, Houston, San Francisco, and Boston. Like, you're just like, "Whoa, like let let's let's try to get some wins stacked here, you know? Um they you got the Texas Rangers after this series, they just got rid of their manager and you're like, "Okay, maybe we could try to jump out on them a little bit." All it takes is for them to to spark a little bit of a fire and now you're talking about, you know, playing against teams that that are, you know, upper echelon, but now you got confidence and confidence goes a long way. You know, for this team, especially with the coaching staff, there's synergy there uh, with the with the the pitching staff, I should say. There's sy- synergy there uh with some of the the bullpen arms, like you know, Emilio Pagana side. You know, these guys are, are are doing better. You know, Joe Ryan, a nice bounce back last night after he gave up that home run. You're like, oh man, what's going on with Joe? Then he settled in, and it was all good like you you just need some consistent pitching performances and then you hope that the bats you know break out of you know coming into last night 0 for 18 slump with runners in scoring position that can't happen when you're in a playoff race and so with these like upper echelon teams coming um up on the schedule like you just want them to kind of strike fire like it'd be great if they could sweep the royals like you know is that too much to ask for for a team that you're hoping makes a playoff push you two games back of cleveland now but now you're also tied with chicago uh two games back of cleveland so now it's a it's a foot race with those guys as well like you put yourself in a tough position you know i, I they were four and a ga- four and a half games up uh, at the start of july and then all of a sudden you know, I think they go like 11 and 18 or something like that over that course. And now, you know, they're in the position that they're in. And now it's it's put up or shut up time. It's go time. And you're, you're excited if you're a Twins fan. After last night, you're like, okay, like, all right, I can see it. I can see it. They got to stack these wins, man, and build that confidence. Because once they get to the part of the schedule where the Yankees come to town, look, the Yankees have struggled. Lately, like over the last month, they haven't been the Yankees that we expect them to be. And if you strike hot and you get some momentum, and then you got you know the Yankees on the schedule, then you can compete with those guys as well. And now all of a sudden, a, a stretch of the schedule that looked a little bleak for the Twins, now all of a sudden you can turn things around, and that's that's exciting if you're if you're a fan.
0: You just wonder if they kind of missed their window with the soft spot of the schedule already come and gone. And now again, mm-hmm. uh, it's a gauntlet coming up. Granted, they got their next 13 of 18 at home, which is great, but it's a gauntlet when you just look at the teams that they're about to face. And on the other hand, the Guardians already went through their tough stretch and now they're on another hot streak. They've just won seven of their last eight. They just swept the mm-hmm. Tigers in Detroit to start last week and now they'll get the Tigers four times at home. So CBS wow. Sports Power rankings just released. Guardians did jump in the top 10. They're number nine. Twins fall to 15, noting after winning on July 5th, the Twins held a a four-and-a-half game lead in the Central. They've gone, like you said, 11 and 18 since and now sit in third place. White Sox right behind them at 16. Quick thoughts on the rankings when it comes to the AL Central specifically.
1: It's fair. They're middle of the pack. And I think you you look at them. I mean, they got – uh leaped by the Orioles who are playing just some fantastic Jeez. baseball right now <laughs> like what is going Jeez. on in Baltimore at, you know here,
0: man yeah
1: but but funny enough man like you know they they are still two games above a, a team that they're about to see with San Francisco they're still three above the the Red Sox like these are teams that you are about to play soon. You know, you got the White Sox for a couple series coming up. They're going to have to beat them. Like, I think they are ranked exactly where they should be right now because they are still good. You know, they're, they're still, you know, several games over 500, so you can't, you know, discount them there. But they don't seem to be, like, surging like they were before, and they seem to be kind of like on a on a downturn. But it just takes a, one good uh, series to get hot, to start streaking and turn this thing around. And there's still time to do that.
0: You know, just as like a surface baseball fan, you jump in the standings every, you know, whatever, couple weeks. Interesting to see as much as the Twins and White Sox have struggled, the Giants are behind them and the Red Sox as well. So Mm -hmm. at 18, they're just 57 and 59. Look at the top five. Dodgers, clearly the best team in baseball right now, followed by the Mets, the Astros, the Braves at four, and then the Yankees. Have really, you mentioned it. They've struggled, man. They've just crumbled the last month and a half. So they're sitting at five. Still 72 and 44. After all that, after all their struggles, tells you how hot they were at the beginning of the year. This is why baseball is fun. Cardinals six, Philly seven, Padres eight. I mentioned Guardians nine and Blue Jays 10 to round out that top 10. Back at home tonight versus the Royals in the backyard here at Target Field. Sonny Gray set to hit the mound, taking on Zach Greinke. If there was ever a time to get hot, again, this is it. We're looking at it. Rest assured, Reggie and I will will be back tomorrow. You need indeed. All right. Time has come. Favorite segments here. Putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean covering all the latest hot topics? In Minnesota Sports. First up, I don't know if you caught this one. ESPN's latest article named one player from all 32 NFL teams that's due for a bounce back season in 2022. For the Vikes, mm-hmm. it was Darius Smith highlighted after missing all of last season with a back injury. When healthy, Smith was one of the most efficient pass rushers over the last few seasons, both with the Ravens and the Packers. And most importantly, he's looked healthy during training camp these last few yep. weeks with a little spring in his steps. So what does it mean for Smith and his fit in Ed Donatel's defense? And which other Viking could be in line for another maybe mini bounce back season as well?
1: Yeah, Zadarius Smith is very intriguing because when mm-hmm. he's healthy, like he's one of the best pass rushers in all of the league. And so, look, like you said, he looks spry. He looks he looks like he's having fun out there. That's the that's the good part. I and mean, Usually when you're having fun, that means you're feeling good. You know, there's no ill health effects right there for him. And so I think that's exciting if you're a Vikings fan. You're like, oh, man, like, he's about to come out here and do this thing. And it was encouraging, you know, last year after the injury that he was able to come back and play even just a little bit. So he's had some time to really kind of rehab the injury and really kind of recover from that. And you're hoping to see that he is going to just wreak havoc on opposing offenses this year. Another player, I mean, obviously, to me, like last Sunday, he wouldn't even do the interview with Ben Lieber without his guy on the other side. It's got to be Daniil Hunter as well. Mm, like a mm, guy mm. like that, man, like just two athletic freaks on both sides coming after the. Like I would not want to be a quarterback. Honestly, like Aaron Rodgers had to play with Zedarius, uh for the last several seasons. And I'm sure that made him feel really good about himself. And now actually going against them and having to see him on the first game of the season and then have to look on the other side and see Daniel Hunter rush as well. Like, I'm already in the ice bath if I'm Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's it's about to be, like, scary hours in week one with those two guys rushing. And we know what what both guys can do. Daniil Hunter's been here. He was on pace for a double digit sack season last year before going out with the torn peck. And so, you know, he seemed to have bounced back from that neck injury and, and was ready to really just wreck up the place. And now, you know, coming back, he's hungry, he's motivated. He seems like he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and not just on his shoulder about himself. But really, about the whole like defensive front, you know, he talked about how he feels like people may have forgotten what they can do. And I think he's ready to wake them up. And so, with those two guys menacing dudes on either side, like I think both of those guys are primed to have big breakout seasons. And yikes, man, yikes for opposing quarterbacks.
0: Reggie's gonna get me to run through a wall right now, (laughs) get me jacked up. (laughs) You know, the Vikings, we talked about a few weeks ago, the Vikings quietly. We're second in the league last year with the most sacks, fifty-one sacks, and now Everson Griffin's gone. Michael Pierce is gone. Even guys like Kenny Willickus is gone. I mean, that's another. 18 sacks to go around you look at Zedarius and Hunter's best seasons both came in 2019 when they were both fully healthy both posted 90 PFF grades which is outstanding and both on pace average playing a full 16-17 game schedule average about 15 and a half sacks so you're looking at about 31 sacks combined I don't think they'll reach that combined but even if they got 25 sacks combined that's outstanding for reference the Giants had 34 sacks as a team so if you got that kind of pressure and production from two guys (laughs) just two guys wow Uh, that would be outstanding and then again remember the third guy in line DJ Wanham he led the Vikings in sacks last year with eight sacks as well gotta imagine he'll get better with another year under his belt entering his third season here as well one guy and the the, the Vikings were at the top
1: of the league the Vikings were at the top of the league in sacks last year as well so like there is a precedent set here already
0: absolutely everybody's just assuming well zimmer's gone maybe this defense will look a little different we won't lead the league and or be top three, top five in certain categories players are still there man the core unit the vets are all still there one guy that we've kind of all written off me included i've been pretty hard on him patrick peterson i know he's looked a little slower in the legs whatever Dude can still ball and he's still the team's number one cornerback. Maybe he's due for a little bit more of a bounce back year. Only had one interception last year. So maybe he's due Happened for a little in bit that more last of a game, too. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Maybe he's due for a little bit more stat production, some more splash plays in a new defense. And maybe mm-hmm. we're all too quick to write him off a little bit. Still, dude can play. And having that lockdown number one cornerback we talked about is so pivotal for defensive schematics that you can just kind of lock up one side of the field and do so many extra things with your safeties, putting them in the box, letting them double and triple cover other guys, things like that. So Patrick Peterson could be another guy to circle that could be due for you know a mini bounce back season as well under this new Ed Donatel defense. All right, that's a wrap today. We're back tomorrow. More Twins, Vikings, plenty more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe, please, to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. We're a podcast too, free and available on all platforms. Subscribe. Drop us that five star review. Take us everywhere on the go. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on Care 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
1: Be blessed. Spread love today.